Hi, hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 15-6. That's Podcast World 15, episode 6. And we are your hosts for this crazy ride. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm, I don't even know who I am this week. This has been a week, but, um, we, <laughs> I'm we, jam the microphone in your face. Wham! <laughs> I am Purnell. He's Purnell. Mind you. Um, every week we get together and hang out and listen to great video game music of all generations and all consoles. And I need a better way to phrase that. We get together. We hang out. We hang out. We party down. Yeah, that's what we do. And once a month we perform the podcast uh, over a live stream to all of our Patreon subscribers. So if you have subscribed to us over Patreon, um, you've probably been invited to a super secret Facebook group. Now that's where I'm all for super secret, which now everybody knows about. But oh no, that's that's where we post the the, the special um, stream link goes there, it's, and it's, and the special stream link also goes into our our Patreon page, which is I guess where it needs to be. I, I don't know. It could be anywhere. It could even be inside. It could be even coming from inside the podcast. I don't know. I just dropped that bomb hammer early, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm out of I'm in a disarray just to put out there for folks who are like, what the heck's going on? So. I am. This is the first episode in weeks where I don't have coffee and I don't have hers potato chips. That's right. For now, uh, uh, going to healthy mode. Next week, I might still have the chips. I just got to be prepared to eat them. <laughs> um, this week, I got baby carrots and some weird mess. We're drinking tea. Well, we always drink tea on the show. We always drink tea. Yeah. Just usually we have tea and coffee. Right. And now... People, our Patreon subscribers, can see us drinking the tea. <laughs> um, the link for the uh, for the, the recording will stay on YouTube, unedited, unfiltered for everybody. Um, so that's great. So uh, we like to say that in uh, one week. Is it one week from? It really is. It'll be it'll be the Saturday after the release. Uh, Saturday. So the next Saturday, November third at six thirty p.m. You'll see us at Thy Geekdom Con. Is a geeky geekdom video game anime convention in the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania, which could not be further from Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I genuinely laugh at the fact that it's called the Greater Philadelphia Convention Center because it there's no reason for it to have that name at all. Also, I think it's hilarious that we still haven't come up with a topic yet, which is partly why it's going to be that much more interesting because we're going to pretty much like fireball through that bad boy. Like, we got it. We know what we want to do. <laughs> It's going to be grand. It's what gonna, is it going to be? You'll see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. We have to figure out a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> Pretty much. Much. But that's okay. That's so t- what we do. Um, so today's episode is going to be entirely Patreon member suggestions. Mostly. I think it's going to be almost entirely. Pretty much. We I have a lot of suggestions this week. Yes, we did. It was actually, I think maybe the, the idea of it being theme-based made it easier for people to make selections is That's what it right. was. Because this is a themed Patreon episode. And that one being, I kind of spoiled it earlier, but it came from inside the podcast. Weird name. All it means is that scary jams for not-so-scary folks. That's the episode. What is scary? Eh, it depends on the person who's, who's choosing the track or who's listening. Because 
I was telling Rob earlier, one thing I definitely realized from like checking out all of our listeners' suggest submissions. Yeah. We had we all have a lot of different impressions of what sounds scary. And that's kind of a cool thing to discover. Yeah, so um at the time of this recording then we uh Halloween's coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't even know Halloween. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Kids eat my candy, egg in my house. <laughs> All right, so to re- reiterate, this week, Halloween. Next week, an audience. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true terror right Another there, terrifying the audience. But this is the terror behind the podcast. This is the, the, the it came from inside the podcast. Yes. Th- this is, um, this is a lot. We've got a lot to do. But I'm actually ready to go. Actually, one yeah. thing before yes. we start, I think it's worth bringing up, though it might be something for the listeners to come up with in case they have an idea for us to read during the episode but for the podcast people in the stream can you think of a description but buddy people um can you think of a really scary thing that happened to you that you'd be willing to share that we'd say on the show and i'm thinking about this now because i actually entered a contest recently where they asked me to share it's one of the scariest that ever happened to me and of course i I feel like what I use as an example was an interesting one and not quite normal. So ultimately, I hope to win the contest, but I'll probably read what I said on there on this show too, just because it'd be pretty funny to have the description. But we should probably get started on the episode proper and we can start talking some stuff when the tracks are sizzling. So let's sizzle a track. I'm going to start with a track from... Who am I going to pick from? I'm going to go with a classic... I'm going to go with a classic from Bobby Arson. Oh. Suggested from Bobby Arson. This one is Kefka's theme. Straight Kefkin. It's from Final Fantasy VI for the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. And was this the this is the Dancing Mad track that they played? No, no, no. This, if I'm thinking about this right, this shouldn't be Dancing Mad. This is just Kefka's theme. Yeah, Kefka's theme isn't Dancing Mad. Def, Dancing Mad is his boss theme when you're fighting him at the end of the game. That tells you... How, how much of this game I've actually played. <laughs> but I love this music. So this is Kefka's theme from Final Fantasy VI for the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Now. Yes. 
Yes. What is it? This is Kefka's theme. Is it? Kefka. It is. From Final Fantasy VI <laughs> for the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Now this this is a, this sound this this track sounds like Halloween, but like Looney Tunes Halloween. You know, I was about you know, to. S- it's a fun. It's like a, this is a fun Halloween track. And that's what I'm going to go with because like that. it goes along with what I said at the beginning of the episode, which is that we got a lot of suggestions. That when I saw them, I'm like. How that's not scary. Where is this scary? But when you put it in that way, it acts now it makes sense. I can see why someone would choose this because Kefka as a villain, I feel like well, one he's probably my favorite of the Final Fantasy villains. Well, tell me, tell me why? Because I hear I've heard that a lot. Well, it's because he genuinely has no purpose. His whole gimmick is he's he's bonkers and he likes that he likes the idea of chaos. That's his whole shtick. So. Whereas, keep this in mind, so we've joked about this in the past, how you'll get villains in games like, I want to rule the world, or I want to destroy the world, and you go, why though? <laughs> Mostly for the people that want to control the world. It's like, okay, now that you've ruled the world, what do you intend to do with this? What is your purpose? I, I didn't think that far ahead. Of course you didn't. Because no, why would anyone want to rule the world? There's nothing to gain from it at all. But the idea of a villain who just doesn't care. <laughs> He's just like, I see something cool there. I just want to wreck it. Yeah. There's a whole citizenship over here living their lives. I'm going to poison their water. Why? Because I feel like it. Like, mm. you can't pin him down. And as a result of being unable to pin that man down He's for like, why, what his purpose is or his drive, that makes him pretty scary to me. It's like a guy that you can't negotiate with that's holding a knife in the bank. It's like, what do you want? What can we do to calm you down? Nothing. I'm just here because I'm bonkers. It's like, well <laughs> then, we're kind of bold, man. Um, but wow. that's that's honestly how I feel about Kefka. And that's honestly, even at the end of the game, you finally meet up with him for the final confrontation. And he's just like, I'm a god, and I'm so bored. <laughs> wow, so he like it stays that way through the whole game. Yeah. I got to finish six, man. I was just talking about playing seven. When you showed up, and I was like, oh, I should just download that. I say, if you never played six either, well, I mean, I I played through part of six. What's part of six? The first part. What's the first part? I don't know. Play six first. I did the ghost train. Play six before seven. Now body slam that ghost train. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was you awesome. could do that, and then keep. So play six first. And that's why I was see. That's what Chris just said. He said the same thing. He's like Kefka didn't want to rule the world. Exactly. He just wanted the power and the crazy. He hmm. was bonkers. Okay, I like that. So. So then, a real life villain of Purnell, but like a but like a like a cartoon villain. What what would what would that look like? A cartoon villain? Yeah, because we're listening to like this fun, this fun Halloween but music. Been, but there have been so many as it is. It's hard to come up with a fresh one at this point. Like you've got. Well, no, I mean I know, but who who are you? Who would I be as a cartoon villain? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> that would be a guess of villain whispering. What are you doing? Come into my house. You soil you soil my sheets. You walk all over my carpet. What is your deal? I d- look. You know what? You sound I, more like a like a Seinfeld character. But that's who I would be as a villain. I would just be a bonkers guy. Like, and what will make me evil is the fact that uh, people just keep coming into my house and leaving muddy footprints all mm, over my stuff. That's right. I'm trying to be a hospitable host. And people just trash me, trash it left and right. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to snap. And now my purpose 
is to leave muddy footprints over all over everyone's carpet, their running carpet. Retribution. Every single yeah. person's carpet. Destroy their house. Or to trash their houses. I like it. That's the goal. Mm. Why? Because I'm bonkers like that. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're not a real life villain. That you, is true. Because you'd be terrible at it. I, no, 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 I would want money too. Because I'm you're, sure. you're, you're just too nice. That is true. Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably send some cleaners over and pay for it and not say it was me that did it. You'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go and rule the world. And you'd be like, I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll clean this up. No, I'll do honestly, if I weren't being a joke villain, though, I feel like I would I would be the kind of villain that you wouldn't know is being a villain because all I want is the money and then I'd take the money and do nice things with it anyway. So you would just be a banker. Probably, oh. I probably would be, because I, I mean, I don't think I, ha I don't have it in me to be truly evil. At most, I just find ways to illicitly get money and then mm. use it for good things. Yeah, that's the best I got. A philanthropist, you're an evil philanthropist. There we go. There trying we go. to help, you're just trying to help the evil henchmen out, trying to get them, get them stable jobs. Well, I would. <laughs> that's yeah, would be how it was. Like they would get arrested. Like no, don't lock him up. He gave us pigeon plans. We had the best health insurance under that guy. Well, <laughs> I, like that. I, I like to take care of my organization, you know. So your evil organization has benefits? Oh, it would have benefits. You'd have to want to work for me. 401k, how long till I'm, inv till I'm invested? One year. One year, okay. Because I got to know you're, you're devoted to the cause. You got to do at least three heists before. You know, me. for a dangerous job, which is working for a really bad supervillain, <laughs> I'm probably going to get beat up. That's why well, I gotta named. know that. Well, well, you'll figure it out. Um, so, but but having good benefit. I mean, maybe I got good health insurance under Purnell. Yes. <laughs> like good you'll good want Purnell. to work for me. Yeah. You'll want to work for me. Simple as that. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we milked that one dry, Purnell. Nah, we did, but it was a good one because <laughs> I didn't expect you to ask me that. Yeah. So what you got next? So I think my first track is going to be a pretty slick one. And it came from, if I'm not, I always get the names backwards because he has the two names. Oh, it's, it starts with an E. No, it's Infernal, right? No, it's the other one. It's always the Electric other one. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. There, because it's always the other one. Oh, my God. I'm oh, also, um, I, I listened to a podcast called Retronauts where they talked about Chrono Trigger. And I think it was that one. And Electric Boogaloo had written in. Ah, and they so called his name out. And I was like, and they were like, this one's coming from Electric Boogaloo, a.k.a. Infernal Bandicoot. I guess he's got two names. So I was <laughs> like, yes, he does. I am glad to hear that. No, I, but I love Electric Boogaloo because it's like, that's his second name. I actually love that name it's, over uh, the other it, one, though. Nick, what makes sense. Nickname part two. Electric right. Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. All right. So what you're picking from him? Oh, he gave me a track from a game I'd never even heard of until he brought it up. And it was called Golly Ghost. Yes, I saw this. I have I have seen this game before. And it's the main theme from that game. It's an arcade game, and it's composed by Etsuo Ishii.
Welcome back. You're listening to the main theme from the game, Golly Ghost, from the game Etsuo. God, I can't believe that. I just said that. The main theme from the game, Golly Ghost. It is composed by Etsuo Ishii. And this is a Namco arcade game, like an old Nam- an older Namco arcade game. Yes. It's a light gun game in which you're shooting ghosts in like a haunted house. It's kind of nifty. It's it's cool. It has yeah. like a very Ghostbuster-y vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. It, Luigi's Mansion before Luigi's <laughs> Mansion existed. It's funny. Like when I saw some pictures of, of this, mach- this cabinet, I swear I've played this before, but maybe not. I mean... I feel like it's one of those games, and the listeners can chime in if they feel the same way. Like, I've never played this game, but I feel like I've walked past it in, like, an arcade, like, lobby or, like, a movie theater lobby. And you just yeah. see the, the demo reel playing right, of, the, right. of the ghost, like, getting zapped. like, Golly Ghost, play this. I'm like, ah, eh, Turtles is right there, though. <laughs> I know. But Golly Ghost is such a funny name, though, right? Yeah, I just keep wanting to see, I keep thinking about Gomer Pyle when I see the name. Oh, golly, ghost! That's why I said it's like, golly! It's like, that's, so, that's what I'm getting from it. So this is another, Pablo. like, light-hearted Halloween jam. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but I like it. But, like, this is, this to me is, like, it's light-hearted Halloween, but I get the spook. Like, yeah. I, can, I can feel spooky vibes yeah, coming off of it's it. It's definitely that, it's that organ, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that too. That that's very Ghostbustery. Yes, yeah, the wheel. I like the squishy drums. Like the. This is quality. This is really good. Electric Boogaloo. Um, he's got some really deep cuts, and he knows. Yeah, this is good stuff. I really, I really, really enjoy this. Let me try telling that story real quick while I'm thinking about because I have two stories, which is kind of fun. All right, hit me up with a story. So I might have said this on the show before, but so I've always been obsessed with candy. That's why my teeth are rough. Because I love candy. Your teeth are so white. Hey. Shut up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, um, I'm a big fan of candy. And a large part of that stemmed from um, the old Garfield Halloween special used to air when we were children, where Garfield was obsessed with trick-or-treating and saying that he would go, candy, candy, candy. Oh, that's he right. He would always yeah, say it when he went door to door. Yeah. So back when I was seven years old, that was my door-to-door mantra. I would just go on the street with my little Halloween costume with my cousin, like, Kanda, 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 just rambling. Yeah. So um, we were in a neighborhood that was not a relative's or our neighbor. We got driven there and dropped off. And we all walked around the neighborhood collecting candy. Mm-hmm. At one point, we got to a house. And it was a seemed like a fairly normal house. It had a basket in the front, like a Halloween pumpkin basket that said, take one. Mm. It was dolls and like stuff hanging from the, from the rafters and like things in the chairs and just a bunch like, of creepy like, like decorations. Fun, fun Halloween decorations. No, creepy. Oh, like creepy decorations. Creepy oh. decorations. These guys went all in for Halloween. So we all went and got our one piece of candy. Mm-hmm. And the one cousin thought he was going to be slick. Took a big handful of candy out of the oh, basket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then out of nowhere, we were supposed to. <laughs> and we look over, and it was a guy dressed as Freddy Krueger who shot oh, out of a chair and actually, like, came at us. That's terrifying. We went running mm. into the neighborhood. The guy chased us. We all split up to lose him. <laughs> and we did, but we also lost each other. Oh, so you all sp- Oh, my gosh. So I'm wandering. You might know this neighborhood. It's called this Pen Acres out in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm wandering around there. Seven years old, I don't know where I'm at. Oh scared, God. scared, scared, mm. but also wanting more candy. Right. So did you continue the- uh- I kept trick-or-treating. <laughs> yeah. I continued to trick-or-treat, scared out of my wits, knocking on doors, looking for treats. 
my mom and my aunt found me at 11.30 at night. Which, keep in mind, I was seven, so that's late. That, I mean, like... I should have been done trick-or-treating at, like, nine. Well, people don't... Around here, they don't trick-or-treat past, like, eight. No. I mean, maybe things have changed. But out there, like, it's like a lot of teenagers would go out and stuff. They keep it running until they're out of stuff. So, like, okay. when they're out of candy, they'll just turn the light off. Yeah. So, but they found me at 1130 at night. Oh, man. Now I'm still walking around with two pillowcases full of candy. <laughs> candy, candy, candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just screaming. Yeah, you're not trick-or-treating unless you're using a pillowcase. That's right. That's how you do it. Yes, it was it was a fun time, but yeah. I, I look back on it as well. It was like it was hilarious to be now, mm-hmm. but as a child, that mess was scary. Oh, sure, it was quite scary. Yeah, I used to go to um, there's this one house. So you know, you know uh, Falkwoods. Yes, over there. Yeah, off, off Falk Road. The um, we used to go across the street over there because we, I didn't live in a neighborhood. It was off the street, so we'd be going into the nicer neighborhoods to where all the bigger houses are. Be mm-hmm. like, all right, let's do it. And there was one. It was like it was like a there's a big yeah big thing of candy in the front. And there's people walking by, and, and there's someone at the door, but there is a scarecrow sitting at on the porch. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had like scarecrows and like Jasons and like stuffed stuff. And this one, of course, like we go to reach the candy, and he goes, "Ah!" and he jumps out and scares the crap out of us. And so now every time I go to the to a door, <laughs> You're looking I'm, right. I'm looking over, and I just I I can't I just don't believe that there isn't someone there to scare me out of like my mind. So and to this day, I hate jump scares. So this, so this guy ruined movies for you, is what you're saying. I mean, he ruined jump scares, and you know what? Jump scares, they're crap. And I'll tell you, it's- but they can work. But they can work in the right movie context. <sighs> a jump scare can work. It's when they're overused. It's is such. It, it's just it's it's like make it's like it's like tickling you. It's the same response. It's it's just it's not a scare. It's just a jolt. It's a startle. And I, I look at and that. It, and and I, bugs me because I hate it. This is the thing, like, I, I hate it. I hate jump scares. Like, I will say this about jump scares, at least in my present state of horror filmage. Uh. I feel like <laughs> they're better used to disarm the viewer Yeah, because they're, they're thrown in there, oh god, a monster, oh god, a thing. But they're always meant to be just like kind of pointless, lame things. But after a few of them, if nothing happens... You start to wonder when will the scary thing happen? Yeah, then you start where's to, the fear? Then, then it ramps up some suspense. Yeah, it builds Ooh. the suspense because you, you're waiting for something that hasn't happened. Yet. Okay, so there's a there's a show on Netflix right now called Is that Haunted Hill House? Haunted Hill House. We started watching that. It is scary stuff. Will it make you soil your knickers? I mean, like it's just it's a slow burn, and I love stuff like that. So it's good. I, I'm really into it. We've been watching it before work, like because we up we get up pretty early because my dog wakes me up now. And it's just like... Solus says <laughs> that means crazy. that Rob would dislike the Five Nights at Freddy's games. Have you played any of those yet? I can't. No, because... No. <laughs> I'm like already angry about it. Five Nights at Freddy's... Because has, it's just like you're just waiting for something to jump at you. Anything that's called jump scare the game, I'm not talking Well, that, I don't think Five Nights at Freddy's is really jump scare the game. I've played it because uh, uh, my, my former co-worker's son was trying to get me to realize that a, game, a horror game on a iPad tablet could be scary. He was wrong, by the way. Um, um, I was like, come play Silent Hill on a nice TV in the dark and tell it. That's scary. Yeah, but like, we were playing it. Going back and, and, and playing through like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. It's because they're, they're good. Yes. They're really good. Yes, they are. But like... Well, that's, let's get into the next song and we'll continue the story. Okay. And story. Stories. Story time. All right. What am I going to do here? I am going to go. Okay, so we got so many suggestions. We just have a big Google Doc. <laughs> we just got everybody's list out here. All right, I'm going to go with 
uh, Wicked Sephiroth, who I actually um, typed Wicked Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't type like Wicker Sephiroth. Yeah, Wicker Sephiroth. So this is from Wicked Sephiroth. This is from the game Miss Pac-Man Maze Madness for the N64. Not a whole lot of N64 tracks on our show, so it's nice to get some representation. This is called The Haunted Halloween, and it's composed by John Holland. Again, for the N64. Holland! way better than that. Yeah, boy. (laughs) So that was Haunted Halloween from Miss Pac-Man Maze Madness for the N64 composed by John Holland. That, this is a legitimate like horror movie song. I'm into this. This is is an example of a track that when I heard it made me go, I kind of want to play the game that it comes from now. I mean, it's Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man, so I know is going to be either some form of like top down mm-hmm. maze runner or like a, I guess, kind of like a 3D game like the later Pac Man games became. Yeah, Pac-Man it's, it's more, but yeah, it's more definitely more 3D style. But I still want to play it because I like this music and I'd love to hear it in the context mm-hmm. that it was composed for. So do you have a story or do you, or I got us, we, we've had a story submitted. Topic. A story submission. Yes. All right, from then, Chris Murray. Hold on, I'm going to get the lights so we start reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so. By the time you turn the last one, I'll be done telling the story. I'm back, I'm back. So, <laughs> short version is, I was slipped something while traveling in Australia. Yeah. And got frighteningly sick for a few hours, and then was out of it. That's a scary Such voice. that, on the way back to the hotel, I dove under a parked car to hide because I was convinced I was going to get run over. Then tucked and rolled out of the cab at the site of the hotel at full speed 
from the cab itself. And thankfully, though, all ended well. I recovered from the stuff, made it to the hotel, fell asleep, and made my flight to China the next morning. To be continued, however, because you flew to China, crazy stuff could go on over there. You could find a cool market. And that's a long and get flight. A get Anything could have happened on that flight. Yeah, and then he gets there and he buys a cool copy of Shining Force 3, only to turn out it was a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm terrible. <laughs> well, this since this is a kind of a scary-sounding song, can you think of the last movie that scared you? Like an, like a movie that you watched that you legit, like you got fearful. I, I'm going to say this. Movies don't typically hit me with the scare so much these days because of the fact that I overthink everything. I'm always like, for example, I was talking to a friend recently about the movie Candyman from back in the day. Now, Candyman, oh, I've never seen that. That's a classic, right? Yeah, I had had a number of people tell me how terrifying Candyman is. However, when I bring up the premise of Candyman, my first instinct is. All right, just don't say the man's name, <laughs> and you'll be fine. There's nothing scary about this. But These I mean, are just people who are pushing the envelope. All right, then go back. There's got to be something. No, I'll get, I'm getting to, I'll get okay. to it in a second. Right. And like another one, I would say like Freddy Krueger would have been scary by virtue of the fact that you can't avoid going to sleep, except for the fact that Freddy himself was hysterical. So I spent more time laughing than being scared. So it's always like... Humor disarms fear. Yeah, but it's all you're always looking at like the mechanic, like what what uh, what's the rule? What's the supernatural but rule? But that's the point. That's what you do. If you're in a scary situation, you're looking for the rules. You're looking for the ways to get out, how to exploit. But I will say I saw Hit Follows a few years ago. Yeah. And I want to say that movie did it. Mm-hmm. That movie was terrifying to me by virtue of the fact that it's premise was i can't obviously go into it on the i could probably but not too much but like the premise was kind of rooted in reality as far as like what the monster was yeah and the way the monster would just appear and disappear is like it never ran it just was there yeah, at it, all times it would always walk towards you and it would never stop yeah and it can look like anybody, anybody. And, and so you can get if you if you could see it then you can get as far away as he wanted, knowing that he'll get there eventually, but you'll never know. And the worst oh, part about scary. it was, so I guess I can describe, I'll describe it. So basically the show, the movie was like, basically the monster was a transmit, basically an STD. Yeah, it was a sexually transmitted ghost. It was an STG. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but like, and the problem was, yeah. so the way you get rid of the ghost was by passing it to another partner. And the problem with that is you might think, oh, that's easy. It's like the chain letter bit. Just pass it down the line. Yeah. It do- it's not foolproof because if it ever kills anybody, it goes for the person that was before the person they back. killed. It so it keeps coming back. Oh, it was so good. So you don't know how again. unlucky the people after you were. So one day you might be at the mall, minding your own business, and someone walks up to you in the line, get behind you, and it's actually the monster. Bleh, kills you. There are scenes in that movie where it's just like the, the main character, the woman, is, is looking out at a crowd. And nothing's happening. There's people walking towards her, but they could be anybody. And, and, and like maybe nothing happens, but it is like terrifying because you're expecting something to happen. It's. I think that really. So that that one got you. Yeah. Oh, it did. Like I was. I actually ended that film and was thinking. Imagine if that was the thing. Imagine if that was real. People say the Babadook should have got me too, but the Babadook was more about just the experience. But yeah, I never. I never saw that one. Um, Babadook. I want to see the witch. I heard the witch is good. The witch is just called the witch. Yeah, the witch. It looks like two V's. Huh. The W. Also, 
one last question before we choose another track, I guess. Overrated scary film, as in people told you it was scary, but it wasn't even close to scary. Uh, I don't know. If someone tells me it's scary, I'm usually not going to watch it. If you can put some thought into it, because it might come back uh, to you later. Yeah, I might have to think about it. But I will say for me, it was the Blair Witch Project. Okay, you know what? I, wa- I, w- I went into that movie in the theater, like, so, so excited for something scary and something interesting at least and it was neither of those things until the very end yeah at the very end it was just like people running through the woods and stuff but of course I'll go back to the same statement I typically say with stuff like this which is that one it's your own darn fault for going out in the woods at night with a camcorder trying to record spooky ghosts yeah no and people have supposedly died from the ghost it wasn't like it never happened People died. I was like, I'm not going to find out. I don't want to be the investigator yeah, to determine you know what? this. What was that? What was supposed to take place in like some, some woods in like Pennsylvania, right? Uh, yeah, it was in Pennsylvania. It was, it was in yeah. Pennsylvania. It's crazy. All right, what's your next track? All right, so since I have a scary story to tell from the person who submitted the track, I think it's fitting that I actually picked the track okay. that I was going to pick later, but I'll pick it now to play read the story. Cool. Okay. So this track was submitted by Solus. And it is from Brave Fencer Musashi on the PlayStation. And the track is titled Forest at Sleep. And it's composed by Suyoshi Sakito. Composed by Suyoshi Sekito. So, this track came down the pike as a suggestion. I kind of gravitated towards it because not even having listened to this track yet, I do know from familiarity with the OST that there are a lot of tracks in this game that provide present a spooky vibe. It's almost like it was sort of themed for the game as a whole. But I was curious about what the track itself was, so I pulled it up, listened to it, and now you're listening to it I'm because it was this. freaking bangers. Oh, I love it. It starts out almost kind of got that cartoony, like spooky, but then this section comes in and it's got the bells and like the um, like the harp doing this kind of arpeggiation in the background. It's really good. Just gonna throw this out here now. Really for the good. Future. One day I'm gonna put Corona Jumper on the episode 
I played it during. I can think, we just drink Coronas? We could do that an too <laughs> and do jumping jacks. I guess we could technically do that. The Corona jumper. <laughs> that sounds like a one-way ticket to throw up town. But it's such a great track. It'd be worth it for the throw up juice. So. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this cool story here. That right. soul was submitted. Okay. So let me see if I can cry myself for it. So, doop it doo So she says that they're basically they're known to have like a number of scary scenarios, scary stories in the Philippines that run. Okay. So, but her particular story is that let me see here. She got scrambled by some ghosts. I used to live in a countryside as a kid. It's an old house. Years before we renovated the house, we had a spirit we would call the White Lady. Mm. We would usually see her in some nights, especially in the zigzag road, which leads to the neighboring city. The place is at the foot of the mountain, and we used to be home to some of the soldiers from World War II. Got some historical context. Okay, cool, cool. One night, I was wide awake and paralyzed actually paralyzed and I saw her there before me staring at me crying and she got closer closer to my face I unable to move I managed to look at her so closely face to face I can't remember what she was trying to tell me but all I remember is that she was just really really sad about something and it clearly scared the crap out of her, <laughs> yeah. as it would me, to be perfectly honest oh, with you. Wow, so, I'm enjoying you using this, these wacky voices. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I got to tell you, I'm liking it, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh, that's great. This is fun. I've enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. We got to do like a Halloween thing every yeah. year. Yeah, we usually don't because like, like a lot of other podcasts, a lot of fine podcasts, do like to do Halloween stuff. No reason why we care. Everybody has their own take on Halloween spooky stuff. No, we jump on their show and do Halloween stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> that is also no, true. No, our thing is going to be Thanksgiving. Oh, I like that. Ours is Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> Bastille Day. Yeah, yeah. All right, so my next track. Let me look through here. I'm going to go with a track from David Smith. And this ah. is from Animal Crossing A New Leaf for the Nintendo DS and I might have mistyped this. I think it's called Hypno KK. No, I think that's I think that's actually right because KK is the dog who plays the guitar in the Animal Crossing series. <laughs> yeah. So he composes a bunch of songs, and they all have like KK something. It's always something KK as a okay. title. So. Well, this is coming from David Smith, and it's composed by Katsumi Totaka. <laughs> Thank you. 
And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Hello. Are, are we supposed to be soothed by this? Or are we supposed to be scared? You're like, welcome back. You're supposed to be scared? <laughs> this is a track, Hypno KK, from Animal Crossing New Leaf for the Nintendo DS, composed by Katsumi Totaka. All right, I got to answer this real quick before we go further. All right, so we got a uh, question, question it, in, the, uh, in the chat. Yes, and it pertains to the track itself. Yes. So Mixmaster John Jekyll says, mm-hmm. I've never played an Animal Crossing game before. Do you think I'm missing out? Am I missing out? I want to say I would not <laughs> go. If you can avoid the series, don't start. Not because it's a bad series, but because it's a series where I've, I've played two of them in my lifetime. The one I've played the most, of course, was the more, the one that came out on the DS because it was easy to get people playing it and trading and stuff. But what you ultimately end up doing, spending a lot of time writing letters to animals in town yeah. who then give you like random letters back that mean nothing in relation to what you wrote to them. You hoard carpets and drapes and lamps and furniture right to decorate your house mm. and then once you're done you'll get bored of it because you've got 30 other furniture sets with which to decorate your house so you'll just keep tearing your own living room apart to put new furniture in you'll be burying bells in the backyard you'll be hopping Ooh, into people's towns scary. to try to flip, to try to freaking like the fleece <laughs> turnips for a profit basically you Everyone's town has like different currency, or everyone has currency, but everyone's town has a certain good that sells for more money in their town than anyone else's. So you might be selling apple fruit or yeah. orange fruit or just different fruits. So you'll be trying to get friends to tell you what their more profitable fruit is so that you can go to their town to sell your fruit to get money to go back to your town to so buy so more furniture. Friends, meaning the NPCs. Like your real friends. Your oh, real friends. I don't... So if you have any friends playing <laughs> Animal Crossing, that's also a major thing that you're losing from the experience, That's too. a thing. That's a thing. I'll, um, like Friends could come to your town and vandalize it. Yeah, like Game Boy games are all about like social aspects of things. Um, I, I watched... I was, reading, I was reading a really interesting article on... Um, Pokemon and how it was such a it became such a hit in in Japan in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the nineties there was a there was a horrible market crash, and they call them they call the people who lived through that market crash the lost generation hmm. because it was so hard to make a living that people were working two three jobs all the time and didn't have any social life, and so. During that time, people started to really crave social interaction and anything for fun. So Nintendo saw this, or um, who was it? Uh, the, the guys at Game Freaks or whatever. They, they, they saw that there was a, a need for this. So when they were promoting games, they wanted to promote games that required social interaction. Mm-hmm. So every commercial you saw for Pokemon in Japan was people with their Game Boys meeting up with other kids and, and plugging in the, the cord. Ah, so that's what spawned the whole Link Cable yeah. Game Boy gimmick. And it all, it all came out of that, like, 
that that craving for you know human humans, other humans. I thought that was really interesting. Honestly, I, I, like I told that, a that lot. story horribly, which is terrifying. <laughs> and then people uh, went out to make friends. I'm so bad at telling stories. <laughs> oh, nonsense! Uh, I, I have I have a some scary stories. Not really. <laughs> and then <laughs> I oh, oh, there it is. Okay, and we're back. There was some weird, weird interference. Weird type interference. Stuff. Yeah, the ghosts in the machine. I don't so know. you're saying that people were like chanting for us to have Halloween masks, which I, is why Mixmaster saying that. Yeah, I think it was Mixmaster saying that it, we should be wearing Halloween masks. Well, to put this into perspective for you, I was all my family did not have a ton of cash, and I liked trick or treating. Yeah. So after a certain point in time, costumes stopped being effective. And I started going out as the broke costumes. So I remember my favorite being alien disguised as a human to learn about Halloween Earth customs. Like you actually did that. Yes, I did. Love it. And it was going basically going door to door to people's houses in street clothing. Like, where's your costume? Like, this is my costume. You did like you did like the Wednesday Adams. Like, I'm a serial killer. We Pretty look, much. We look just like you. <laughs> yeah, it was like people I had like maybe three people that was like, I'm not giving you any candy, but most sometimes they were like, That's actually pretty clever for not having a costume. Here's some candy. Yeah, they're like, I'm I don't feel like getting into this right now. Here you go. Um that's good. Uh yeah, I've I did that for a lot of year many, many years. I remember I would just get a backpack and I would get the hose from the vacuum and I would put it into the backpack. Boom, I was a Ghostbuster. <laughs> and I would get a paper plate, and i draw a ghost on it, and I'd uh, safety pin it to my shirt. You see, people were getting all hyped about those that, that one thing where it was like, what was it, chum, like budget cosplay? We were doing budget cosplay when we were kids. Yeah, we had to. You got to. You were a kid, you got no money. Also, like, <laughs> I felt like work. that was like what people did. Like, like that was just what you did, you know? Like, yeah. If maybe you bought a mask, but... The other reason why you would do it is if you wanted to double dip on neighborhoods. Of course, it was harder for me because I'm, even back then, as I said it back, I wasn't tall as a kid kid. I didn't start getting tall until I was like 12. But uh, basically, you have a cheapy costume or a makeshift costume that you can throw together for the sole uh, purpose of going back out to hit the same houses again for more candy. I like that. I, I never got, I would, I would always just go through the neighborhood as far as we could, but never had the time to go back. Oh, I went back. <laughs> Especially if you knew a house had good stuff, you kept made a note of it in your head. Like I'm going back there for that like full that. size candy All bar. Right. Halloween candy, go. What's your favorite? Oh come on! Oh, it's not really Halloween candy, but those Krabby Patties. Krabby Patties? Yes, they're gummy Krabby Patties, like from SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Those things are banging. You get them in a giant sack, and you open them up, and then they're individually wrapped in a plastic container. The most wasteful packaging that I've come across but in Halloween candy in years. But they're good. But oh, they're freaking good. They're like, like trolley, but better. Oh, they're like fruity. They're not even fruity. They're just candy gummy. Okay, because I know you like the you. You're more into like the fruity. Yeah, candy. fruity gummies, yeah. chewies. That's all my stuff. I'm actually I I love chocolate, but I feel like when people overdo chocolate, it's almost lazy. Yeah, because yeah. they know people are susceptible to it's it. It's like boom, chocolate done. Right. Yeah. We got this chocolate thing, and we decided to coat it in rich chocolate. And then we put a, a chocolate drizzle all over top of it, yeah. and we wrapped it in chocolate paper. As for me, it's Skittles all the way. Yeah. Skittles? I, I could eat Skittles all day until my, my teeth turn all the colors of the rainbow. My question is, will your teeth change all the colors first, or you'll just have like a freaking heart attack because those things will spike you? <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, that's, that's, that's my movie theater candy. All right, so we're on to your next track. Okay. What you got? The next track, I have to pick this. It's from a game that is generally good at having spooky tracks, and someone suggested it. 
Can't say no to that. So this comes from listener Daniel Lawton. And this track is from the game Corpus Party Blood Drive. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the track title is Yagora Society, composed by Mal Hamamoto. Welcome back. You're listening to Yagora Society from the game Corpse Party Blood Drive for the PlayStation Vita, composed by Mal Hamamoto and suggested by listener Daniel Lawton. Mm-hmm. So this track right here is from a game that is still in my shrink-to-play-someday roster, but I do know from playing the original Corpse Party that these games are pretty freaking spooky. The gameplay itself can be a little suspect because you get... It's more of like, to put in perspective, they were originally crafted an RPG maker. It was designed using RPG Maker. Oh, really? But it's a I feel like you told me this before. <laughs> I probably did, like, but it was like, it have been I'm so long like, ago oh, wow, that it's like brand really new. Cool. Yeah. But like, so this game is what happened when they got a budget to make a full-on console or at least full-on portable game mm-hmm. and not from the RPG Maker upbringing. But uh, the game itself, as far as the story goes, is pretty interesting, at least from the original perspective. You were trapped in an elementary school. A cursed elementary school mm-hmm. with spooky ghost blood children <laughs> that were all trying to kill these high schoolers or whatever. And the game made really good use of disgusting sounds and like creepy sounds. Mm-hmm. So, like, the majority of the game was like a lot of text, still images, and like, this. oh, I, I don't know about that. But it works because it's a horror game. Yeah. So, it's supposed to do, I don't know about that. That's what it's just supposed to feel. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh-huh, weird. <laughs> it's really good. Well, I will say in the the very first Silent Hill game, the um, it was the school I found like the the creepiest part of that game. And which one? The the school. Oh, with the shadow babies? Yeah. That was like there's something about places, um uh buildings that have rooms you don't know about or hallways that like like the whole idea like of like there's like that, that dark world in Silent Hill. Yeah. Like that I find that really scary. So we used to live in a neighborhood called Ellesmere. Okay. Um, and we were renting uh, when, I, when Christy and I first started dating and we first got married, um, we were renting a house. Mm-hmm. Um, really just because we were renting a smaller house next to it and the same landlord was like, yeah, I'm moving. Why don't you just rent this big one since you take care of it? And I was like, okay, great. We'll just take care of it. You know, we'll take care of the lawn and stuff. It was a big house, really, really old in this neighborhood. And I don't know. There's something about that house that I, it's never felt right with me. So 
like. Oh, I think I know where this is going. If that's what I think it is. I'm not. I'm not going to tell the usual stories that we've told before. No, you've never told this on the show. If I'm thinking about the right one. Um, not on the show, but I don't know. I, I always think those are kind of hokey. No, it, it, it scared me because I didn't believe it, but you were like, it happened, it happened. All right, so there's a, there's a few stories in the house. One, the one that really always creeped me out was like the bedroom was, was like laid out in a way that you could see the door going out to the hallway, and right outside the hallway was the staircase, and um, you can see right out to like the outside. And it was just always like really weird to me that like you could see – the other houses and the light shining through mm-hmm. and our old dog was little max he was a corgi and he was like ancient he was like a billion years old he was a wise corgi and, and it would be in the middle of the night i just be like two or three in the morning all of a sudden he would just be sitting in the doorway just barking his head off out the door just out just barking outside the door and it would just wake me up i'm like what is standing there what is trying to get in that he's afraid of but it was just he was being senile See, i thought you were going to tell a story about the scary. bugs that was another thing so it had an attic that never felt right too. Like there were parts of the attic I just didn't want to look at. There were doors I did not want to open because it just felt weird up there. Um, so we went up to clean it because because <laughs> we were getting married. So her brother-in-law was coming in from Georgia <laughs> to stay. And so we got a little bed and we put it up in the attic. But you stay up there. We're not gonna live up there. Stay up in the attic. <laughs> and I went to go up there to clean because we never really went up there. And there were just dead bugs, like flies, like all over the floor. Like, I'm like, oh, like something had gotten in in the summertime or something and they all died. And it was disgusting. So I'm like, oh, great. So I went downstairs to get a broom and a dustpan. And I came back upstairs. I must have been like five, ten minutes later. And they were all gone. Hmm. Every last one. And that still creeps me out because I didn't believe you when you told me that story, to be honest. I don't know how that happened. It was just like they were there and then they weren't. Yeesh. Um, So strange. But that's what's up. See, that's a scary story. It's a weird, weird house. It used to be um, had two sides, where um, multiple families lived in it, mm-hmm. and so there was a staircase on one side, and it went down the other side. So it was kind of like two halves of the house. But what they had done was they boarded, they they walled up, um, yeah, they walled up one side of the house, mm-hmm. and they put in the central air unit um, in that area where where the staircase was. Mm-hmm. So behind a wall was a staircase. <laughs> and like just that just knowing just the fact that, that there was a secret stairwell there. Yeah, that's just for me like that it was just there's a lot of weird stuff in the house. We were only there for a few months. Um yeah, shortly after we, yeah, shortly after we got married, we were like, "All right, we're we're gone and we, and we moved into the city." But <laughs> it was just it was a scary house. I don't know what it was. Like I had to- <laughs> Chris Peterson says, Max got up there when you weren't looking and ate all the bugs. No, because that dog was old, man. Old dog. Could not take those stairs. I had to, I had to carry him everywhere. But the, t- the thought of tasty flies. Tasty flies. And our, our dog right now is getting that way. Part of the reason we're living in a ranch house on uh, one floor. It's one- for their dogs. That's how you know they love their pets. Oh, we love the pets. Um, so, yeah, that, that was, that's, that's probably the, the scariest like maybe close to weird supernatural story I've got. Hey, we all have our things. Yeah. That's more supernatural than mine. Mine was just wacky. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to turn this track down, and it's time that we get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. <laughs> I mean, bonus, bonus I didn't round. know we we put this podcast on top of the an old burial ground. Oh, it's, it's an always old, been. An old, uh, an old uh, a Civil oh, War cemetery. That's right. 
And they hate podcasts. Oh, they hate podcasts. They especially hate podcasts. They hate it. They're like, radio's not dead. Get these podcasts out of here. Actually, speaking of which, I think I got to mention this game. If you want to look up a game on the internet, maybe see if there's like a video that exists of this game. Mm. It is terrible. I had to review it a couple of months, maybe like last year sometime. It was called Joe's Diner. Joe's Diner. Joe's Diner. Diner. The idea was that you got a job working at a diner. Yeah. A roadside diner. And every night you had to close the diner. However, the diner was built atop an ancient Indian burial ground. And the diner was haunted by two warring Indian chiefs. Laughing something and like, basically the other one was like some curmudgeon. And the idea was that laughing Joe or whatever liked to play pranks. And the curmudgeon hated jokes. So if you let the jokester make too much noise in the diner, mm-hmm. the killer, the, the angry one would come up and kill you. So you'd be walking around the diner at night and you might hear like a tea kettle burning over. So you have to go and turn off the stove. Sometimes you might hear like the refrigerator making ice. You have to go and unplug the refrigerator. And you're just doing all these things, unplugging the phone, you know, turning all this stuff. And as you play more and more of the game, you have to do more and more of these dismantlings or removals. And if you screw up, all you get is a JPEG image of an Indian. And the game says game over. That's so bad. It is the most That's terrible, so wannabe scary game I have ever played. It was horrible. It says, like, placeholder for scary part. <laughs> you should be dying here. Just well, imagine that he killed you. <laughs> well, this the my bonus round track comes to us from Henrik Anderson, uh-huh. and it is from one of the spookiest games because it is terrifyingly hard. Mm-hmm. Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, that blasted game. <laughs> yeah. And this is the Cadaver March remix, which is great because the zombies do kind of, like, walk around. Um, and this is by uh, the... Um, artist Razmo, R-A-Z-M-O. And this is chosen by Henrik Anderson. Thank you. New word from the nation's top scientists on the zombie virus that appeared just two weeks ago. They released information saying that the symptoms to watch for are aggression, foaming from the mouth, deterioration of motor skills, and an unbelievable hunger. Be advised that if an infected becomes hostile, the only way to harm them is to shoot them in the head.
information saying that the symptoms to watch for are aggression, foaming from the mouth, deterioration of motor skills, and an unbelievable hunger. Be advised that if an infected becomes hostile, the only way to harm them is to shoot them in the head. <laughs> All right. That's where it gets weird. Um, oh. <laughs> That's so funny. That was great. I love it when you don't listen to the music. You don't listen to like the actual song before we play it on the show. And I'm like... Oh, that's strange. <laughs> See, I didn't listen to this one because I knew you picked it. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, I'd have been like, whoa. Thank you so much. That was Ghost and Goblin's Cadaver March Remix from Rasmo, and that was picked by Henrik Anderson. Thank you for that. That was one of the strangest bonus round tracks I think we played on this show. I would have to agree with that. <laughs> like, that beat was dope, though. It had like a cool like 90s dance music thing going on, like like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch or CNC <laughs> Music Factory. I like that. I did. I was. I did fully liked it. Yeah. But I, was, I just found myself in, on multiple cases, just kind of stopping on. What the heck? I know. What, what is that? <laughs> All right, Brunel, you picked something for the show, right? Yeah, for this bonus round, due to the fact that we're not having a proper Halloween, I had to get this track on here because as a person that I know that did it, but this man is a talented, talented person. His name is Arnell, but he goes by the name Six One Four. Oh, he's the Arnell I know. Yeah. Oh, great. So he started this uh, YouTube channel a little ways back, and he he's always been talented at composing music. Mm -hmm. But he decided he wanted to just have like a channel where he kind of just combine instruments and just play them. He was like xylophones, and like this is where I learned about the automaton because he, oh, he played a track with it. That's awesome. Um, but this particular track hit me especially hard because it's from one of my favorite games. And that game is Silent Hill 2. And the track is Promise Reprise. It's composed originally by Akira Yamaoka, but in this case, it's redone with skill by 6-1 Forte. It is.
That track was Promise Reprise from the game Silent Hill 2, redone with Skyle mm. by 6-1-Forte. This man used a xylophone, <laughs> cymbals, guitar. Mm. He, threw all, he threw a whole King Kaboola of instruments together. And I loved the effects that he slapped in. It was, it was like that part, was like, which I believe he made with the cymbals. Yeah, yeah, I think he did like a... Yeah. Some kind of mallet on the cymbal. Yeah. yeah, it just sounded really good. It was freaking awesome. I loved it. That's so great. So, yeah, shout out to 6 one Forte. If he's got more, I'd love to, to get into it on the show, or maybe we can we can have him on sometime. Oh, that would be awesome yeah. to get him on the show. He's he's Maryland, Virginia, right? No, fun fact. He's from Ohio. Oh. And that's where the name, I, I didn't pick it up until later, but 6 one Forte is an area code. Oh, okay. I got six one four six one Forte. I see, I see. Because um, I remember seeing him at Otakon back in like 98 or 99. Now, it wouldn't have been then. It would have been uh, like Cause 2002. No, like, cause, yeah, because you guys were playing Guitar Freaks. And I was yeah. like, someone else knows Guitar Freaks? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's crazy. And that was when I met him. I think it was like, he was like, hi, what's your name? Um, he's like, I'm Arnell. I was like, no, I'm Pernell. And he goes, no, I'm Arnell. I was like, what the? Stop that. I'm Pernell. <laughs> and it was just funny. We were just confused by each other's names. But he's always been a ridiculously talented musician. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. So for more information on the bonus round artists on our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to their bios and websites and band camps and everywhere you can go to buy their music, listen to their music, and support these great artists. I want to thank you for joining us on episode 15-6 of Rhythm and Pixels, our Patreon live stream that we do once a month. I think we're going to call this one, It Came From Inside the Podcast. I like that. Or Terror Behind the Podcast. Or something silly. Then we'll get like Eastern State to write us a letter. Yeah. Excuse me, individuals. I think, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a really good time. A lot of good, uh, good, a good varied amount of spooky and fun spooky i look forward to these episodes more because fun it's, spooky it's not just happy. the music that we got and just hanging out in general but when we get these live episodes and people were actually chatting and having fun in the thread mm-hmm. it adds more to the episode yeah it's, too. it's really it's more like it feels like a community like we're all kind of hanging out yeah. it. um this last track i should i should mention is from final fantasy 3 um remake on the nintendo ds and mm-hmm. this was picked by okay impala and this is Jin's Curse, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Oh, this reminds me. i got to tell this story oh, what's up? because of his name. So I had I went to the doctor's today, and on the way out of the doctor, I was Gary getting in my car. You, you met Uematsu? I freaking <laughs> wish. He was there to get his tonsils removed. Um, <laughs> so I'm Gary getting in my car, and this old lady is next to me you're, taking you're, her walk. Your car, the Impala. My car is an Impala, yes. Yeah. And this old lady is getting a walker out of her car, and she stops me. She goes, Young man, that car is exceptional. That's a lovely auto. It is nice. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. She goes, I, too, drive an Impala. What model is yours? Mine is a 2007. And we're comparing this guy with 2013. She's like, oh, that's lovely, dear. Mine has 45,000 miles on it. And then she starts uh-huh. talking about, like, how reliable the Impalas are. 43,000? 43,000 miles. That's low for that. Yeah, but she's also a singer. She probably doesn't drive very much. Yeah, yeah. 
But like, um, she, it was just a, a bizarre conversation. Like this lady's like pulling her walker out of the trunk and she just stops me to discuss impalas. And then, um, and, and I was then, like, I can fit this thing. No demon hunting gear in here though, unfortunately. And then you, uh, um, you left your keys back in the doctor's office and I said, I want to talk to this nice old lady out there, you know, for about 10 minutes about, about our cars. And there's like, Purnell, that car's been dead for five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to talk about scary car stories? A scary, yeah, a scary car. I may have said this on the episode, an older episode, but most people probably don't even remember I told it, so I'm telling it anyway. That's okay, so, I don't remember either. Once upon a time, I drove a Chevy Blazer, oh. right? And I loved my Blazer. I had it for a long time, my first car. And just an olive, dark green Chevy Blazer. Mm-hmm. Went to the grocery store, went inside, bought a bunch of cool stuff, came outside, Got to my car, That's right. opened up the driver's, the, the passenger backside, put all my groceries inside the car, mm-hmm. closed the door, went to the driver's side, sat down, locked the door, put the keys in the ignition, and turned the keys to start the car. And as I went to throw my hat into the passenger seat, I noticed that there was a file in the passenger seat. A file that I didn't put there. A file that did not belong to me. Just like the car I had just started. Right. So you had gotten into someone else's car. And started it. And started it. With my key. That's so crazy. And I don't think we ever told the story on the show before. That's I, scary. Because then you're like, uh-oh, someone's going to think I'm trying to steal their car. That was legit terror yeah. for me. Because my first, that's exactly what you said. Like My thought was, if the guy that owned the car has came out and seen me in his car, mm. There would have been a problem. <laughs> that would have been real bad. So I pretty much was like, I, I, I stopped the car, got out, looked around, see if nobody was watching me. <laughs> Slowly took my groceries out of the car and walked to my own same vehicle, both make, mo- uh, mo- make model and color. Same car. Started my own car. Drove off. I didn't even have the heart to wait to see who the actual owner of the other car was. I was just too shaken by it. Oh man, that I guess is a true scary That's story. Scary. That would scare me too. Like it's, it's it's like a common like dream, right, or nightmare where you're 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 looking at something or you're with someone very familiar, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's not it's not who they it's not it's not them or like you walk into a house and it's not your house. Like the scary like the, the demon Ronald McDonald. From, yeah. from my my childhood story, I told you that story, right? With the giant diaper pin. No. Oh my God! This is tons of scary stories. This is weird. It's so I had a dream when I was a younger kid. I never forgot because yeah. why not? And I'm almost positive that Castlevania Two inspired a little of it. But uh, I was upstairs playing mm-hmm. video games, and my mom yells, "Pernell, come downstairs! Your uncle's here!" Yeah. And I was like, hey, Uncle Johnny's here. So I turned the game machine off and I ran downstairs. And I'm standing in the hallway and my uncle's in the kitchen with my mom. He's like, come here, I got something for you. I was like, I don't want to come here. I don't like this. And my mom's like, come here, he's got candy or something. I was like, I don't want to go. So out of nowhere, pulls me in, like, like, like clenches his hand and pulls me in. And then he slams me against the wall. And then it turns out he's like Ronald McDonald, but he's like oozing green gunk. Keep in mind, I had not seen it yet, <laughs> nor did I know the book existed. Wow. So it was be- this was before I knew about Stephen King's creepy clown. So he pins me against the wall with a giant diaper pin, and he's about to do something. Okay. I don't know. And then it gets really bizarre because apparently I'm holding a giant can of spinach a la Popeye. 
and I eat the spinach, and I smash, I, I push the clothes, the diaper pin off, and try to run away. And I try to run up the stairs, and the stairs become like a ooze. Yeah. And they start, I start sinking into the stairs, and like, like mud hands, which is why I was like maybe Castlevania too, start trying to pull me into the staircase, and I'm like freaking out, and that's when I woke up. Wow. And you remember that? Yes. To this day. The, because it freaked so, me the hell out. That's so creepy. I never got over it. So again, it's like you expect something normal, but then it's not. It is not. It is, not. It is bad. Ooh. So that's Halloween. That's Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Um, if you have a crazy Halloween story. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or if you want to, um, if you just want to get in contact with us, or if you have track suggestions or topic suggestions, or you just want to say hello, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you want more info about our show, a full track listing from every episode, um, and links to all of the other stuff that we're doing and um, information on all the events that we're going to be at. Go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, if you want to see us on all the social media stuff like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And if you want to support the show, best thing you can do is uh, share it with your friends or you can hit the subscribe button on wherever you're listening. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, and you can support us there as well, where you get access to a live stream of us doing this very podcast. Um, like right now. Once a month. <laughs> and we also like to give a shout out to everyone at the end of the show. So we want to thank spooky Brian Kunkel, yeah. terrifying Alex the Messenger, Messenger, ah. Messenger, um, uh, the ghost of Bobby Arson, ah. uh, zombified Mark Shrout, ah. uh, mummified Cameron Worma. Ah. Um, Creepy space alien Christopher Shenstrom. Well. Um, uh, a vamp vampire Damien Beckles. Well. A double vampire Wicked Sephiroth. Well, well. <laughs> um, You're gonna run out. I know. <laughs> um, scary clown. Okay, Impala. Scary clown. Come on, <laughs> give it to me. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> the, the ghost of Bruce uh, Lee, Carlos, Carlito, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes Three podcast. We'll just give him that. Thank Cha-cha. you, uh, Henrik Anderson, um, host of the Camouflage podcast, the Commodore Sixty Four uh, podcast. Nice, uh, Michael Bridgewater from <laughs> <First> Vampire. <laughs> I like that. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, who just did a crossover with Ed from the VG Embassy. Yes, um, and they were doing. Uh, Modern Commodore 64 games. And apparently there was a nice demo scene like meld there that happened at one point. That's right, because uh, Michael's involved in the demo scene, um, which is really cool. Um, I want to thank evil Brian Pitt. Um, I want to thank supervillain Morton Gangso. (laughs) I want to thank not quite dead yet Chris Murray. Open this casket, I'm still alive! I want to thank uh, Friendly Ghost, Soulless Sanctuary. I just want to make friends. Um, I want to thank a new Patreon member, uh, Mixmaster John. Wick, 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 wow, yeah. from the dead. I want to thank Joe Vasadu. <laughs> I want to thank Werewolf, Chris Steenerson. <laughs> the moon. And Reverse Werewolf, David Smith. <laughs> Vampires. <laughs> oh, I want to thank all of you so much for your continued support of the show. 
Um, we will see you next week at StacyCon94 <laughs> with more Simpsons references. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Um, remember, uh, this coming Saturday, we'll be at Thy Geekdom Con uh, at 6.30 on the main stage, uh, which is, I guess, also called Panel Room A. Yes. Uh, doing the show. And we're going to do some fun stuff. Because I think we have a handle. I think we have a handle on how to do live shows a little bit now. Be loud, sort of. obnoxious, and slightly awkward. Yeah, loud, obnoxious, a little drunk, a lot of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a lot of caffeine. A lot of caffeine. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, we're gonna have that recorded, and that's gonna come out as an episode if everything goes well. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, thanks for being awesome to the Rhythm and Pixels show. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Thank you. Have a safe week. And remember, oh, I totally forgot before the remember, but Rhythm and Pixels chat, join that bad boy. We talk about games and play things. There's a lot of stuff to plug. <laughs> it really is. We're getting there, man. <laughs> but in addition, scary times, scary times. Fun things can be like, obviously, we have our normal scary crap, like, you know, I don't know, present politics and uh, whatever. But there are scary things that are also awesome, like scary films with your friends or... Though Rob hates them, scary tickle torture. That's fun too. Um, it's just, I think like, experiencing scary games and scary films with friends is a fantastic bonding experience. Totally worth your time and totally worth engaging in. If you are a little bit on the easily scared side, all the more reason to watch with friends because they kind of help absorb the shock that comes from such things. It makes it a, a bond again. It makes it more of a unison, a unified front as opposed to you against the far, you against the fear. So. Engage in scary activities. You only got three days left till Halloween if you're listening to this on Monday. So get in. Get it in. And good night.